Children's Church. That's for kids kindergarten through second grade. You'll find Children's Church through this door on the left side of the sanctuary. And the teachers will be there. Would you please turn to Proverbs chapter 10? If you turn to the middle of the pew Bible, the middle of the Bible, and just a little bit to the right, the book of Proverbs is right after the book of Psalms. Proverbs chapter 10. And we're going to talk about an area of self-control, controlling the tongue. Of course, James, James says that all kinds of wild animals have been tamed, but who can tame the tongue? But that's what the book of Proverbs would teach us to do this morning. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 19. It says, When words are many... Sin is not absent. I guess I should keep my message short. (laughs) But he who holds his tongue is wise. When words are many, sin is not absent. But he who holds his tongue is wise. Let's bow in prayer. Father, we thank you that you have concern for the details of our lives that You look upon us and You know our ways, You know our thoughts, You know our hearts, You know our future and the days marked out for us. And Father, Your thoughts concerning us are so many. We thank You that You concern concern Yourself with the affairs of our speech and our tongues, the words we say. Your Word says You know the words before they even reach our tongue. So, Father, we pray that you would give us wisdom today to understand how to rein in our tongues, that you would give us wisdom to know how to lead our lives in a way pleasing and honoring to your name, because you are so wonderful, you are so good and so great. So may we worship you with our tongues. In Jesus' name, amen. So the, the tongue is a restless evil. <clears throat> Ted Turner looked out on a crowd of employees of Time Warner AOL and he noticed uh, someone sitting there with a, some grime on his forehead. <clears throat> he thought this person must have been you know, covering some you know, horrendous story or something like this. And he looked around and he noticed a lot of people had this on their foreheads and he remembered it was Ash Wednesday. And so he said, uh, yeah, I saw this grime on your foreheads and I thought you must have been covering the earthquake, but now I know you're just Jesus freaks. Ted Turner had a history up up to that point of insulting people publicly and particularly people of religion. He said that Christianity is a religion for losers. Uh, One time he insulted Poles and the Pope and uh, he called... Those who oppose abortion, bozos. On this occasion, one of the uh, anchormen resigned from CNN News, uh, saying it was over these remarks. Perhaps there were other reasons why he resigned. Ted Turner would apologize for these sorts of statements, but a couple weeks ago, he made a big apology, a real apology. He said, if there's any time, you know, for all the times that I've insulted people over religion, 
I, I, am, I regret it and I apologize. He said, you know, <clears throat> as I get older, I become a little, you know, more tolerant. So, so Ted Turner has begun a big project reaching out in Africa, uh, trying to battle malaria, and he's joined forces with the uh, Lutheran Church, the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America, and the, the Lutheran Missouri Synod Church. And so these are his partners in this project, and people are just raising their eyebrows and wondering what's going on. And he says uh, he's no longer describes himself as he used to as an atheist or an agnostic, but um, he somehow prays for people because, well, it seems to help, and people like it. You know, he's 69 years old. He's still learning. And may we all be learning when we're 69 or 89. The tongue gets us into trouble. <clears throat> so I want us to look at ways that the tongue gets us into trouble. And this verse that we just looked at, Proverbs 10:19, <clears throat> what it says is that what's in our hearts is what comes out. And if, if there's sin in your heart, then sin is going to come off your tongue. And the root of sin is pride. If there's pride in your heart, then pride will have its shaping influence upon your tongue and your speech, which is going to shape your whole life. And so this is Proverbs 10:19. When words are many, sin is not absent, because in the human heart, sin is resident. And in our speech, what is in our hearts comes out. That's what Jesus says. It's a principle that what is in our hearts rolls off our tongues. Jesus says in Matthew 12:33, "Make the tree good, and its fruit will be good; or make the tree bad, and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For out of the overflow of the heart the mouth speaks." So what is in our hearts is what comes off our tongues. And we have sin in our hearts. We have the root of sin, which is pride. And pride shapes our tongues. And I want us to look this morning at three ways that pride shapes our tongues. I've entitled today's message, Bite Your Tongue. And I want us to see how pride poisons our tongues so we need to have a lock for our lips. So will you turn with me uh, to another proverb, Proverbs 21, verse 24, and I just want to, again, show you how pride is what shapes our tongues. Uh, Proverbs 21, 24. And here we meet another character in the book of Proverbs. He's a character who shows up in various places throughout the book of Proverbs. It's another name for the fool. And uh, Proverbs 24, uh, I'm sorry, 21 verse 24 introduces him. Uh, it says, The proud and arrogant man, mocker is his name. He behaves with overweening pride. The mocker, the one who runs his mouth, the motor mouth. The person who, whatever you say, he's always scorning it, he's always dragging it down. In Proverbs, he's the mocker. It's a kind of fool. And the fool is characterized by pride and by rash speech, always ready to talk and express his ideas and shoot off his mouth. And so he is sometimes called 
the mocker. So the characteristic of the mocker is pride. Proud and arrogant, and he behaves with overweening pride. So I want us to see ways that pride shapes our tongues. It loosens our tongues. It sharpens our tongues. And it inflames. It ignites our tongues. So first, pride loosens our tongues. It loosens them to begin uh, talking in a rash way. Will you turn with me again to Proverbs chapter uh, 18 and verse 2. Proverbs 18.2. So, pride loosens up our tongues. It gets us talking. It's like an intoxication that sort of uh, overcomes our inhibitions and we begin saying things that our better judgment would have uh, caused us not to say. And before we've had a chance to think about it, and reflect on what we were, we're, we're going to say, it's already out there, and then it's time to apologize, it's time to do damage control. But pride causes us to have this sense of power and ease and importance, and so we just run our mouths and we say whatever comes into our hearts, and we think that the ideas of our hearts are so good and important that everybody needs to hear them. And so Proverbs 18, uh, verse 2 A fool finds no pleasure in understanding, but delights in airing his own opinion. It's about the pleasure of the fool. He doesn't find pleasure and delight in understanding and wisdom which are outside of him, which you might have, or which God has revealed in his word, or which might be learned from from experience from others. But he has pleasure and delight in what is in his own heart. He's proud and he wants to air his own opinions and express what he has. So he's much more comfortable uh, sharing his own thoughts than listening to truth or listening to the thoughts of others. This is the fool. And so uh, pride has, has uh, loosened his tongue and he loves to talk. He doesn't love to listen. So I just want us to look at some of the ways that this loose tongue destroys lives. The way that the loose tongue, a loose tongue will harm you. Uh, So I'm just going to go through a number of Proverbs here just to illustrate how uh, a lot of speech brings a lot of misery to the speaker. So uh, here we go. Proverbs 21-23. He who guards his mouth and his tongue keeps himself from calamity. In other words, if you run your mouth, you get yourself into trouble. But he who guards his mouth protects himself and keeps himself from calamity. So, running your mouth, it destroys your reputation. Look in Proverbs 17.28. Running your mouth ruins reputations. So I'm not giving you time to look all these up, but I just want to run through these. It is a trap, Proverbs 20:25. It is a trap for a man to dedicate... Oops, a wrong verse. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you're trying to catch up. We were on Proverbs 17:28. I lost my place. Proverbs 17:28. Pride destroys your reputation. Even a fool is thought wise if he keeps silent and discerning if he holds his tongue. 
I remember when I was invited, when I worked in Kenya as a missionary, I was invited to be a part of the, the, the coordinating team for, Light, for Campus Crusade in Kenya, the national ministry there. And it was a great privilege, and I was very humbled to, you know, to come to Nairobi for these meetings with the national director and, and you know, talk about how to coordinate the affairs of the ministry. And I specifically had this verse in mind when I went there, that even a fool keeps his mouth shut. Uh, people might think he's wise. And of course, I was very vain and thought, you know, I wanted people to think I was wise. So uh, the, the national director, as was his way, uh, brought up some very provocative issues and, you know, got people's temperatures rising around the table. And I, you know, rose to the bait and I started opening my mouth and saying all kinds of things. And I got, you know, warmed up and got talking. And, uh, of course, where words are many, sin is not absent. But then the next day, I, I still had more to say, so I went and, you know, visited the national director in his office, and I had a few more things to say to him, and then he sat me down, and he had some things to say to me. And uh, I kind of got put in my place. I made a fool of myself. I didn't do any big favors for my reputation. Oh, even a fool is thought wise if he keeps silent. Uh, a loose tongue will destroy your budget. Proverbs 20, 25. It's a trap for a man to dedicate something rashly and only later to consider his vows. And so the telemarketer's on the phone and before you know it, you've promised to send so much money and if you've made a promise, you should keep your promise. It's a trap to dedicate something rashly, to make a promise, to give your word. And then uh, you, you don't want to back out but you're stuck. So we should be careful. We should consider our commitments. We might want to look important or look impressive, make a big pledge, and maybe people will know what a big pledge we made. But the point is not to get the attention of people. It's not to prune, uh, to, to preen our pride, but it's to glorify God. A loose tongue can destroy discernment. It's the enemy of discernment. A couple of verses here. Uh, Proverbs 18.13. A loose tongue uh, undermines discernment. He who answers before listening, that is his folly and his shame. And then a few verses down, Proverbs 18.17. The first to present his case seems right till another comes forward and questions him. Uh, so what you've seen, you know, keep under your hat. Because what are you going to do if you go into court and then you're put to shame? Make sure you know what you have before you uh, start opening your mouth and bringing things out and making accusations, uh, speaking up and making judgments before you've seen how things are. So a loose tongue destroys hope. Proverbs 29.20 A loose tongue destroys hope. Do you see a man who speaks in haste? There is more hope for a fool than for him. So you're just going to get yourself in trouble. You're just going to make problems for yourself if you just run your mouth. Things will go so much better for you if you hold your tongue if you bite your tongue. So pride gets to work in our hearts and our tongues get loosened up. Pride gets its way within us and it starts uh, running 
our mouths and we start speaking all kinds of things, whatever comes into our heads, and we get problems, we get difficulties. But pride has another effect on our speech. Pride not only loosens our tongues, pride sharpens our tongues. It makes our tongues become weapons. When we're proud, we become insensitive. When we're insensitive, then it's easy to say things that are painful for others because our attention is really not on the others and what their need is, but it's on ourselves and getting out what it is that we have inside which we think is so important and so wonderful and so brilliant and is going to make everybody like me. So I run my mouth and pride sharpens my words so that the words come out and they do damage to other people. So will you turn with me to see this point in Proverbs 27, verse 3. Pride sharpens our tongues for insult. So Proverbs 27, 3. It's hard to put up with insults and with provocation. And this, this verse illustrates it so well. Stone is heavy and sand is a burden. But provocation by a fool is heavier than both. Oh, what a burden to bear. Have you borne it yourself? Then have mercy on the people around you and don't provoke them. But rein in your tongue. So pride sharpens our tongue so the fool not only speaks rashly, but he provokes he prods and he pokes people and, uh, and uh, gives, gives pain and misery to those around him. So again, uh, some ways that, that pride sharpens our tongues. Proverbs 23, verse 9. We insult even what is good. Our tongues become sharpened for insult and even good things are targets for our insults. Proverbs 23, verse 9. Do not speak to a fool, for he will scorn the wisdom of your words. So even if your words are wise, even the, the pure best words that you can bring to a fool, well, in his pride he will even insult that. He'll, he'll insult the very wisdom. And the wiser they are, the more likely he is just to continue his insults. So uh, don't get into a, uh, an argument with a fool because it just escalates things. Uh, the, uh, the, the, the pride sharpens our tongues so that we become insensitive, insensitive to feelings. Look in Proverbs 25:20. 20. <clears throat> we become insensitive to people's feelings, and so we run our mouths. We say the right thing at the wrong time because we're not paying attention to how the person we're talking to is feeling. And so, like one, Proverbs 25:20, 20, like one who takes away a garment on a cold day, or like vinegar poured on soda, is one who sings songs to a heavy heart. So when I'm going through hard times, when the bottom has fallen out and my heart is broken, have you ever felt like that? That things are just terrible? You couldn't believe things could be so terrible. And along comes your well-meaning friend, and uh, sings songs to the heavy heart and says, oh, you know, God is going to work all of this out. 
And yeah, you, you hear and you, you hold on to that promise and you say, yes, that's precious. And they say, in all things God works for the good of those who love Him. And you say, yes, yes, it's true. It's a precious promise. I'm holding on to it. But your heart aches for someone to sympathize, to listen at that time. Because you're just going through more than you can, than you can express, more than you can bear. And what you want is that garment of comfort, of compassion. And someone is busy telling you, Oh, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Yes, it's true. I'm, I'm rejoicing in Jesus. But it hurts. It hurts right now. And so when we come and we, we bring these words of cheer to a heavy heart, we're likely to get that reaction of pouring vinegar on the soda. And if you don't know what happens, then you were never a fourth grader. The person blows up. <sighs> so, don't, 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 uh, don't be insensitive to the feelings of others. Pride will sharpen your tongue so that you, you, you speak when you shouldn't. You say the right thing at the wrong time. Uh, pride makes us insensitive to timing. Look at Proverbs 27.14. If a man... Proverbs 27.14 If a man loudly blesses his neighbor early in the morning, it will be taken as a curse. Oh, the Lord bless you. The Lord be with you. The Lord keep you all day long. Hey, it's 5 o'clock in the morning. Would you sh- wait until a good time for this? So there's a time for everything under the sun. But the happiest, most wonderful good news, if it's brought at the wrong time, uh, is it's just... Uh, it's just worse than if you'd kept quiet. Insensitivity to feelings, insensitivity to timing, insensitivity to context. Proverbs 26, verse 9. Pride makes us insensitive. So here's the fool. Here's the fool. He's learned a proverb. Here's the fool. He's gotten a little wisdom. He's going to start using it. Proverbs 26, verse 9, Like a thorn bush in a drunkard's hand is a proverb in the mouth of a fool. Oh, proverbs are goads. They're for goading the wise man. They're for, they're for spurring us on to the right action. They're for uh, frightening us away from what's dangerous. And in the mouth of a fool, he waves it around out of, you know, out of context any old time. And he'll blast people away when it's not appropriate. He'll rebuke when a person needs encouragement. So insensitivity. Um, and one more thing. What, 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 the ways that, that pride sharpens our tongues. Um, it causes us to use insult as a strategy. Insult as a way to win. Insult as a way to get ahead. Will you look at Proverbs 20. 29, verse 9. Proverbs 29, 9. Our tongues become so sharp and so handy, we observe that people respond when we insult, that we start to get more respect. We, we, we become like a steamroller. Everybody gets out of our way. Hey, it's kind of nice. Nobody stands up to me anymore. And, uh, you know, I can kind of get, you know, the squeaky wheel. I get the grease. And things are, are going my way. The more uh, abusive I become, the more it works for me. It becomes a strategy. Hey, in the end, it's not going to work for you. Let me tell you. 
It's going to be hard for you. You're going to have a hard fall. You're suddenly going to grind to a halt. Proverbs 29.9 If a wise man goes to court with a fool, the fool rages and scoffs and there is no peace. He thinks he's going to win by all of his loud talk. But it won't come out that way all the time. So, Pride loosens our tongues, it gets us talking. Pride sharpens our tongues, it gets us prodding and poking, causing injury and inflicting pain on those around us. And pride ignites our tongues, it inflames our tongues with a fire that brings about all kinds of conflict and quarreling, all kinds of strife and, uh, and, and battles and arguments. So pride ignites our tongues. Will you turn with me to Proverbs 29, verse 11? <clears throat> our tongues become ignited to, with rage, with anger, with uh, bitterness and strife. 29:11. A fool gives full vent to his anger, but a wise man keeps himself under control. So a fool lets it all come out. The fire is lit and the full flame comes out and the full fury is released. Nothing is held back. The whole thing is expressed. And that is the sign of a fool. It's a sign of a person in whom pride has had its way. It's not the fear of the Lord, which is the beginning of wisdom. It's its very opposite. Pride taking over, self-confidence, self-centeredness, not the fear of the Lord, not respect for those created in God's image, but just pride. So, uh, look, look at how pride inflames the tongue. Will you look in Proverbs 12, verse 16? There's no buffer, there's no filter on the mocker's mouth. The mocker's mouth is... Uh, is not stopped, it's not locked. He doesn't bite his tongue. So Proverbs 12:16, A fool shows his annoyance at once, but a prudent man overlooks an insult. Oh, what a wonderful thing to do. An insult heavier than stone, heavier than sand, but to overlook it and preserve peace. But that's not the way of the fool. And uh, Proverbs 22:10. Um Does fighting stop when you leave? Proverbs 22.10 Does the strife come to an end when you go out the door? Listen to what it says. Drive out the mocker and out goes strife. Quarrels and insults are ended. Is that what it's like when you go? Then maybe if the shoe fits... You need to bite your tongue. Proverbs 20, verse 3. A fool is quick and predictable. His tongue is on fire. Proverbs 20, verse 3. Um, it is to a man's honor to avoid strife, but every fool is quick to quarrel. So... Uh, this problem of strife, the, uh, the burning tongue, it even enters into the, to the retreat 
the pleasant garden of marriage, where one would expect to find peace and harmony in intimacy with best friends together, life friends together, where there's trust and where hearts are open and there's uh, sharing. But even in marriage, the, the raging tongue enters in. The out-of-control tongue uh, takes over and, and can ruin a happy home. Look in Proverbs 27, 15 to 16. Proverbs 27, 15 through 16. I have to apologize about this verse. It's, it's really addressed more to the women. Um, it's very hard for a woman to be married to a man who is a fool, who has a reckless mouth, who has a sharp tongue, who's verbally abusive, who says things away from the home that bring trouble into the home, who says things in the home that make the home a terrible place to live. But this verse is about the other, the other aspect, the other side of the relationship. It's about the way that, the pe- peculiar way that a woman can distress her husband, the peculiar way that a woman has, that she, the special ability she has to totally deflate him and destroy his heart. And so Proverbs 27, uh, 15, a quarrelsome wife is like a constant dripping on a rainy day. There's gloom and the, the gloom spreads all around. It's not a cheerful day and the dripping continues and another drop is always about to fall and you're never going to get over it. What can douse a man's spirit more than continual complaints, continual advice, you know, continual suggestions that seem to always imply to the man that he's, oh, no one would ever say it, that he's a failure. Oh, a man can't hear a worse word. Oh, that he's a loser, that he's a failure, that he doesn't measure up, that he can't satisfy his wife. Oh, what could be worse? But to restrain her is like restraining the wind or grasping oil with the hand. So, you know, a man says, you know, he's only got a few tools. You know, men have very few relational tools. So, <laughs> they try what they can do, you know. They can either fight. Oh, they can't hit a girl. Oh, I can't. I can't. Or run away. You know, just be silent. Just disappear into yourself. Or, you know, you give it a try. Look, honey... Just, you know, and so he tries to restrain her. Does it work? No. No. Uh, men, now I know men, you haven't been listening because this has been for the women here. But men, now, now I want you to listen. I know you're actually listening. Men, the Word of God gives us some advice about what we can do and what we need to do as men. Ephesians 5.25, the instruction to husband. Very simple, very plain. Hard for guys. Husbands, Love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. Men, it's love. It's self-sacrifice for her. What she longs for is you. Intimacy. Your attention. And the reason she goes on and on and always bringing another thing is because she never gets your attention. Give her your attention. At least it helps. Now, I, I know that, you know, they're always unreasonable men. They're always unreasonable women. And, you know, you can never get in there and solve all the problems. So, 
There's some advice. Let's move on. <laughs> I'm not going to solve everything at once. If you get wisdom from the book of Proverbs that enables you to bite your tongue and that's all you get, how terrible. If all the wisdom you get from the book of Proverbs is wisdom for how to hide your sin and how to rein in your pride and keep it inside, how sad for you because there's much more that the book of Proverbs is aiming at. There is a much greater fulfillment that the book of Proverbs is pointing us toward. Would you turn to Proverbs 28 and verse 13? Hiding your sin, keeping the pride within, where it's still festering, where it's still at work, is no solution to the problem of sin in your life. It's a practical solution in a lot of your relationships. It'll help you keep your money. It'll help you keep your relationships. It'll help you maybe keep your marriage. Just bite your tongue. Good advice. But hiding your sin is never enough. Proverbs 28, verse 13 and 14. He who conceals his sins does not prosper, but whoever confesses and renounces them finds mercy. Blessed is the man who always fears the Lord, but he who hardens his heart falls into trouble. And the calamity comes all at once, and the disaster overtakes him. Listen to these words of Jesus again. I'm going to pick up again where, where, I, where I was reading in Matthew chapter 12, and read a little further. Matthew 12, starting with verse 33. Make a tree good, and its fruit will be good. Or make a tree bad, and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him. And the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. But I tell you that men will have to give account on the day of judgment for every careless word they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted and by your words you will be condemned. The things which came out of our mouths which reflect what's in our hearts will come back to us. Yeah, it's good to bite your tongue. James reminds us no one can tame the tongue it's going to come out and it's going to be brought right back in your face on the day of judgment. And so if there's sin in your heart, then you're continuing to pile up judgment for the day of judgment, to heap up wrath for the day of judgment when the Holy God will call us to account for the ways that we have insulted Him, for the ways that we have abused people made in His image, for the ways that we have scoffed and raged and cursed at the good gifts that He has given us. And our wrath, the wrath that awaits us is piling up and the, it is going far, far above our heads. And we're getting ourselves far deeper in than we're able to ever extract ourselves. But there's good news. 
the good news is that the Savior came for sinners. The first prerequisite for salvation is that you must be a sinner. For the Son of Man did not come to seek the righteous, but sinners, and to bring them to repentance. So if you are a sinner, then there's hope for you. Christ has come. God demonstrates his love for us in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You know, the more you try to rein in your tongue, the longer you try to bite your tongue and stop yourselves, yourself from saying those things you shouldn't, the more you'll see that it isn't as easy as it sounds. It looks easier than it is. And you're going to find continually things coming out from you know not where. And how did that get out? How did I say that? And the regret is so painful. But Christ brings salvation. He brings forgiveness. He brings grace. Christ cleanses our mouths. He cleanses our hearts. The Word of God says that ruin and destruction mark their ways. The poison of vipers is on their lips. But Christ cleanses us. He makes us new. He, he takes our sins upon himself. We're made partakers of his grace, of his righteousness, of his love. We're dead from the tribe of Adam. We're born into the tribe of Jesus. He is our new head. He is our new leader. He is our new king. We're of Jesus' race now. And sin is left behind. And he will give you a new account in God's book, a clean page, washed clean, marked with the righteousness of Jesus Christ and all of your sins covered. But more than that, he will do a work in your heart today. He will crush the pride in your heart. He will crush pride. You can bite your tongue, but you can't bite your pride. Jesus will crush it. The person who comes to Jesus confessing his sin and his uncleanness and his unworthiness is humbled. He comes confessing, you come to Christ confessing not only that you did sins in the past, that there's a trail of sins behind you, but confessing that the sin is in your own heart, that it's still coming out, that you can't stop it. And like that leper in the Gospel who comes and bows before Jesus and cries out, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus answers. He extends out his hand and he touches the unclean and he says, I am willing. Be clean. And he cleanses us. He crushes the pride from within our very hearts. And we get a new heart. He takes out the heart of stone. He puts in a heart of flesh. Everyone who is a follower of Jesus Christ, everyone who has believed in Christ, has this new heart, has this new life. And they're changed. Pride is still there kicking around. You find in the best of the, these Christians here that's gathered here today, you look in the very best one, you'll still see pride. But its head is crushed. It's in its death throes. It's received a mortal wound. And mercy and love and humility and grace are growing. His heart is broken. Her heart is softened. It's a new heart. It's no longer a heart of stone. Oh, have you called out to Jesus? 
to change your heart, to take away your sin, that you might stand before God in the day of judgment cleansed in Christ, that you might live for God today purified. Let's bow in prayer. Oh, call.